Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to the J-Ham Special. My name is John, I love to talk about Magic the Gathering, Dungeons and Dragons, Warhammer 40k, and other aspects of my nerdy life. Today I want to go through and share a little bit with you about uh, my trek into Warhammer 40k. I've been playing for the past about half a year now, and uh, I really want to kind of share with you some of the different trappings and uh, I guess pitfalls that you might run into it as well too, but also how easy you can get into this game as well too, and probably introduce your friends as well. We're going to just take a brief moment, hear a word from our sponsors, and then we're going to jump into the meat of this episode. Before I get started here, I want to just recommend above anything else, there's a small caveat, which will probably kind of defeat some of the other things I talk about, unless you really want to go that way. Probably the easiest way to get into Warhammer 40k um, is to go out and get one of these starter sets. Now, remember, I started playing Warhammer, 8th edition was still out, and I was able to buy the First Strike set. It was the cheapest of the boxes there. It gave you core rules to learn how to play. It also gave you some missions that taught you how to play if you've never played before, teaching you like the movement and the shooting phases and all the rest of them there too. It gave you a couple, um, well, I wouldn't call them armies, but a couple forces of armies um, with models that you can learn how to play with. They also have a next level up, and usually they have about three boxes. This has kind of been how they go through. With 8th edition, they had um, the first strike, and they had No No Fear, which I also ended up buying after I got you know hooked into the game there. And then they also had um, the Dark Imperium box. Now, with the new set coming out with Indominus and the rest of that, you can buy that if you want to. It's kind of pricey, but they changed their starter sets to actually go through and they have the recruit which is the cheapest one there then they got the elites and then they got the command boxes and i highly recommend start with those ones because again they're going to give you the rules they're going to give you different missions and stuff to teach you how to play and they're going to get you enough models to kind of get you started in the game um, so with that caveat there that's the fastest the easy way to get into it and if you and a buddy or a friend want to go through and learn how to play the game together you can split the box down the middle because it comes with two armies or at least two starts to an army for you so you can say oh sweet well one of us is going to play you know necrons the other one's going to play space marines or if you know one of you wants to buy an older set space marines and death guard or you know kind of look around but one thing will be certain just about everybody will go through and you're gonna have space marines in those boxes so just keep that in mind. Not everybody's going to find that their cup of tea, but that's something that you do have available to you. The other thing too is if you're wanting the best bang for your buck, you're probably going to spend more on it right away, but over the long run, you're not going to have to spend as much money on if you go through and get a start collecting box. You might be thinking, well, what in the world is a start collecting box? A start collecting box is just it's the bare bones of what you need, usually to make like a patrol detachment for match play missions. Um, and it's going to get you the best bang for your buck. Most of the time you'll spend anywhere from, you know, 60 70 $80, depending on where you're buying it from. Whenever reality is, the box is usually worth closer to like about 150 There's tons of different places out there that kind of show you and compare and contrast, you know, how much is actually in the box versus what is valued out there, MSRP. 
And uh, yeah, check those out. Spiky Bits is one of those that I, I've read multiple of their articles and it actually went over and showed you. Okay, well, here it is. If you bought this specific box here, this is how many points, the power level you're going to get for the armies, so what kind of models you're going to get, and this is how much you would buy if you were buying them separately. So with the wholesale discount, yeah, it's definitely the route to go if you don't want to spend as much money in the long run. But if you want to get started cheaper, that's where I'm going to step in and I want to teach you guys the bare bone minimum of what you should be buying. Just get started in 40k. Now, you might be wondering to yourself, what the heck is Warhammer 40k? I've heard you talk about Magic the Gathering. I've heard you talk about Dungeons & Dragons. What is this Warhammer 40k you keep talking about? Well, 40k is kind of what I'm just going to kind of call it for short. Is a game that is science fantasy in its nature. It has magical elements in the world that it is in, but it's also got this sci fi vibes to it where you're in space, you're traveling through multiple galaxies and portals and wormholes and all kinds of space age technology that you wouldn't see in the modern day like we have here. In the grim darkness of the future, which is where it gets its grim dark word from, um, you essentially have nothing but war. Uh, there's countless battles across countless stars, across countless planets, across countless galaxies, countless all kinds of stuff there. You have giant armies that are going toe-to-toe -to -toe against each other to try and kind of forward their own agenda. And in reality, the unfortunate truth is, is there's not necessarily a single good guy in this game. Depending on your perspective, you might see them as good. Each of them have their own virtues and values that they see after themselves. Heck, even chaos, you can spin it away to make them sound like the good guys. But in all actuality, everybody has their own focus, their own gains. And if you're looking at the D&D side of things, yeah, they're all selfish in some way. Yeah, the Imperium of Mankind, which is essentially, these are going to be your, you know, space marines that you're going to probably see all over the place, better known as the Adeptus Astartes. You're going to see the Imperial Guard, or Astra Militarum as they're called, Custodes, you know, um, or even the, you know, Adeptus Sororitas, which is the Sisters of Battle. You're going to see these armies are all fighting for humanity specifically. They don't care about the Xeno scum, they don't care about chaos. I mean, the only thing they want to do is make sure that those ones are not presenting a threat to them anymore, and they want to be humanity's saving grace. They want humanity to take over the entire galaxy and essentially have control over everything. Uh, Xenos are anything that's not human and uh, that's one of the kind of other factions or overarching factions there. You've got things that are kind of similar to the Xenomorphs or uh, those alien things from uh, Pitch Black, if you ever saw that there, the, the Tyranids. Or Starship Troopers is another one to think about there too. Um, You've also got, you know, orcs. So, literally, they're like orcs from fantasy games just thrown into this sci-fi adventure sort of thing. And uh, you've got elves, space elves, which is the Aldari or Drakari, um, Craftworlds, Aldari, and the rest of the stuff there. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of Xenos. You're, you're going to have anything that's not a human is usually going to fall in the Xenos category. Unless it falls into the Chaos category. And Chaos is all about essentially space hell. Um, which is where you have a portal has been opened up kind of in the center of this entire galaxy. That um, some of humanity actually decided to become traitors. 
you know, long story short, there's a ton of different lore videos out there. You can spend hours or days or weeks or months going through it. But the gist is, is chaos has traitors of humanity in there, but also has demons and space magic in there. So you got different factions that are all going through. They're all at war with each other. They all want to be the superior race or faction all in all. Warhammer 40k is essentially where it takes that lore and that fluff, as a lot of people call it, and they stick it onto the tabletop, where you are getting to go through and move different models as part as one of the many armies that are found within those three major factions. They're going toe-to-toe -to -toe against each other in open warfare, or maybe even um, trying to go through and have tactical precision or smaller skirmishes amongst each other to go through and reclaim parts of the galaxy um, for themselves. You roll dice, you play with models, you measure things out there. The nice thing is, is unlike D&D where if you're playing miniatures there and they have very specific grids you gotta run on, you can literally use any kind of terrain that you want in 40k and it still works. Um, you know, that's they call a lot of different things in their poor hammer 40k because you can play this game as expensive as you want to, or you can play it as cheap as you want to as well. But overall, that's kind of the main focus of Warhammer, is this is a war game. It's about strategy, it's about tactics, it's about throwing your troops against your opponent's troops there. And it's loads of fun. There's different ways to play Warhammer 40k. The main base game is Warhammer 40k. They also have smaller skirmish games like Kill Team, which I'll probably do another segment on, or maybe another focus on, um in the future, which I really enjoy that aspect as well. It's a little bit different, but a little bit the same, and it's more of a budget version of being in the 40k universe, just playing a little bit different. So that's what 40k is, and so hopefully with that understanding of it there, if you've already gotten a little hooked or you want to learn more about it there, I highly recommend just checking things out or listening to the rest of this video so I can help you out with figuring out what you're going to need to play this game. So with the start collecting box and the um, starter sets kind of out of the way, kind of behind us there, if you decided, you know, I'm not going to get any of those things and I want to go probably even cheaper <laughs> and, you know, I just, I don't even know if I want to get the fill for this thing at the bare minimum. Maybe I want some models and just learn how to learn the very, very basics to see if this is something I enjoy. I'm here to help you with that. Um, my focus is to try and help people get into the hobbies I enjoy and also get into it fairly cheap or focus on some budget options for you as well too. You know, this is one of those games that it can be as cheap as you want it to be or it can be as expensive as you want it to be. Um, but kind of getting into it there, that's going to change some things a little bit there. On the bare minimum of what you need to play this game, to start with, you're going to need the rules of the game. Now you can go out, you can buy the full core hardback book of core rules. That's going to come with a ton of missions, and by a ton I mean like 6 to 10 missions. I don't really remember how many is in there, but you know, you're going to get a good amount of missions depending on what kind of game you're playing. It's going to give you some fluff, some lore, um, some of the rules and advanced rules in the core rule book there for you. Now, you don't even need that though. What you can do is you can either download the free 40k app and just enter in as a free user of it there. Or you can go directly to Games Workshop's website and download the free core rules. 
Um, I went ahead and downloaded the PDF, the core rules, stuck it in my Google Drive, and now I've got it. It literally teaches you how to actually play the game. It tells you a little bit about the fluff and lore, very bare bones, but then it tells you, okay, these are the different phases of the game. This is your movement phase, your command phase, this is what your shooting phase and psychic phase looks like, your attacking and charging phase, your fighting, your morale, all the rest of that stuff there. It's going to tell you a little bit about how weapons work, what weapon cap classifications there are it's going to tell you a little bit about data sheets and how to read them and all the rest of the stuff there and it's also going to give you the basic um mission which is only war that comes in most of the free stuff thing is these rules back whenever i was having my first strikes you know playing and then also um what i had in my no no fear these rules came into it and literally it's like 12 pages of what you actually need to play 40k you don't need the full book you don't even have to have the stuff out of the starter set these rules are going to tell you what you need to play at the base of the game and this is something that you can download and your friends can download for free you can share it to them or whatever there you've got yourself free rules that's one part you need that second part that you're going to need out of this is you're going to need data sheets now, when I talk about data sheets, it's gonna tell you a little bit in the core rules what a data sheet is, but a data sheet is just essentially showing you what it is that your model can do. It's gonna tell you what kind of model you have, you know, what its movement speed is, how far it can shoot, how well it can shoot, how well it can hit things, how, how many stab wounds it can take, shot wounds, explosion wounds, whatever it can take there, how great of a leader it is, um, or, I guess how brave it is and it's going to tell you how many models are in units there for you the thing with 40k is because it is a game about armies going up against each other is you know you may have a unit that is simply just one model that you built and painted other times you may have a unit that is made up of five different models that you built and painted and it's going to have those stats on that data sheet for you data sheets you can buy those in a codex which is another big book for the specific army or faction that you're playing with um or a lot of times if you're playing just bare bones bare minimum you can have um a data sheet that comes in the different boxes that you buy for instance i went out and i got a primaris intercessor little easy to build box that came in there and just like the first strike box it tells you it gives you a little data sheet and says hey there are two intercessors and one intercessor sergeant in a unit it tells me how far my intercessors can move what kind of weapons they have how far those things can shoot how strong those weapons are how many hits these guys can take it literally tells you everything you need about that unit for the bare bones easy to play right from the box there same thing with my eliminators for my space marines same thing with my easy to build reavers and same thing whenever my buddy bought the start collecting box it had data sheets for all the different models and stuff he's rolling with that's an option for you, but what I would recommend is because sometimes points change. You know, some of those values may change. Some of the guys you might be playing with might be a little bit tougher now than they used to be, or vice versa. And what you can do is instead of having to go out and buy a brand new codex and a brand new chapter approved book for that codex, you can say, I'm going to go through and I'm going to use Battlescribe. It's an app that is completely for free great for people getting into the game there and you can build army lists with it it shows you what the power level of those things are it's going to show you what kind of detachment all the rest of stuff it is that you need for the army but it's also going to have a option to view what what units you have for your little military 
and it'll give you data sheets right there for free. You can print those off or save them as a PDF or do whatever you want with them there. I use it all the time for my stuff and it saved me a lot of money and has allowed me to do a lot of tweaking to my armies as well too. So highly recommend that. Battlescribe is gonna be the best free and up-to-date stuff you can get. You can just use the little data sheets out of the boxes that you end up building your models out of anyway, or you can go out and buy a codex for your army which is going to be the most expensive option there. So there you go. Another free option or even another couple quote unquote free options there for you when it comes to what you need there. The third piece that you're going to need, you're going to need something to measure with either a tape measure or a ruler that measures in inches. You're going to need that because that's how you determine how far things can shoot and how far they can move. Um, and then you're also going to need some dice. And by dice, I mean the most standard dice you can get a six sided die better known as a D six. Um, you're going to see that used a lot in the rules there as far as when you roll. But you don't need any special D20s or D10s or 8s or any of the rest of the stuff there. You only need a six-sided die, the most standard and common dice you can get out there at all. And uh, those are the three parts that you need as far as rule-wise to make the things work. The next part you need, and probably the most important part, you need models. You need models to actually be your army and play the game. Now, I've seen some people just use quarters and other change and uh, like cardboard tubes and stuff to determine, yep, this is my model. Um, but that takes away a lot of the game itself there and takes away your initial investment into it as well. I would recommend just go out and get yourself some models. And what I'm going to talk about next is what order I would say to go through and buy your models. But first, I want to tell you a little bit about the three different ways that you can actually play 40K. Now, there are three ways that you can play 40K. In general, the most casual and probably the least expensive way to play 40K is what's known as open play. Now, open play is literally where you sit down any models that you happen to have, that you have data sheets for, and any which way of fashion you get it, and you just play casually with friends or people at a local gaming store, or LGS. Um, yeah, you just throw your models out there, roll some dice, and, and play the game. You kind of figure it out there. Um, you can use, you know, the open play mission if you want to. Uh, you can use only war if you want to for it. You don't even need to do that. You can do deathmatch if you want. Just say, hey, whenever the models are all wiped off the board, then I win. Or once, you know, we make it to turn five, somebody wins. Whoever has the most models wins at the end of this thing. That's a completely good and valid option for you to go through and use open play. And it's the most casual and easy way to get into the game there with the models that you have. Even if you have what's known as an understrength unit, you can still play with it. I'm going to go more into the understrength units on the kind of next section here, but this is where it can be a really good budget option for you at least to kind of feel out the basic rules of the game and have a little bit of fun there. The next section there is more along the lines of what I enjoy in this too, is match play. Match play is where you're taking the models you have and you're making an army, making an army list, and you're trying to make it as level as a playing field as you can because you, what you really want to do is you want to test out the differences of what that army can do. You know, whereas the Death Guard are going to be a little bit different on how they fight compared to how the Imperial Guard is going to fight. You know, you want to see the differences of that army and the faction themselves 
um, compared to your opponent. You know, that kind of helps out. And you also want to test the metal or the strategy of the player running that army in the first place, too. Um, that's where I really like match play, and it kind of helps level out that playing field. So when you guys are going through, you're not running into a situation where somebody brought five models to the table against a guy that has 10 to 20 models sitting on the table for open play. Uh, match play, again, it can be literally as small as you want it to, but usually they have different levels or power sizes, uh, or power levels or point sizes that they choose. Uh, usually it's anywhere from as small as like saying, hey, this is a combat patrol game, which is my preferred. These things are going to be ran faster because you're playing with less units and you go up to 500 points or 50 power level on your armies. Whereas the next level up is 1,000, next level up is 2,000, next level up is 5,000 points. Um, but it just kind of helps everybody stay in conformity and help actually give some semblance of rules to this game to make it enjoyable for everybody to play, but also see the differences, again, in the player's skill and also the army that they chose and built. And then finally, the third way to play is narrative play. It kind of takes a little bit from both, but more around taking more from open play you're literally getting to craft a story around your 40k army um, or armies if you're playing with friend or friends i really think this is kind of cool especially if you came from dungeon and dragons or any other rpg where you're creating the story in the campaign you can very well do that with the narrative plays create a campaign you know for your models kind of make it this overarching thing maybe in one instance you have a group of imperial guardsmen that are holding the last outpost you know on a moon and they have the death guard trying to come after them well imperial guard you can either set up to say hey well narratively we have to try and make these you know death or my imperial guard guys if they last at least five turns and they haven't lost at least half of their models then they win the game and then on the other side, you may end up having a small, you know, had a small force Imperial Guard versus double or triple the size now of Imperial, or of Death Guard going after them. Sorry, I, Guard is in both their names, so that's where it's just kind of throwing me off a little bit. But you kind of see where I'm going. You have one small army versus a large army there, but it's for narrative reasons. Um, it has different objectives other than just saying, hey, kill these guys. It may be saying, hey, try to stay alive as long as you can. Or maybe, like, for instance, the very first mission of the first strike box. Literally had it set up where you had three intercessors hanging out on the board versus two squads of three poxwalkers. The poxwalkers can't attack or do anything, but their whole objective was to make it off of at least one side of the board for a draw or both sides of the board to win the game. So that is the third way to play narrative play. Um, each of those are going to be a little bit different how you run things there. And I mean, I would say as far as budget wise goes, you can still play match play for pretty cheap, but open play is going to be the cheapest way you go. Narrative play can be cheap, can be expensive, depending on how much time, energy, and money you want to throw at things. And then match play, same kind of boat there. It can be cheap if you want it to, depending on what kind of army you're buying and how you configure it and how you bought those models. And then also can be a little bit different, depending on how you and your opponent agreed on things. So that kind of shows you at least those are the three ways to play 40K that you just need to know the quick rundown of so i do just want to take a quick little moment here to talk a little bit about a side note here i know I mentioned earlier but there is warhammer 40k and then there's warhammer 40k kill team and kill team is like four or 40k 
big 40k a lot of people call it that way the only big difference is it's not actually a full-blown like war game but it's more of a skirmish game of like smaller troops rather than focusing on a bunch of different units of guys you're really focusing on like one or two units of soldiers going toe-to-toe against another one or two units these guys could be like somebody going in to assassinate a high-value target or it could be somebody going through to sabotage supply lines or they could be going through just to kill um, a group of like guards post or whatever there so it, it's really it's it's a smaller scale version of it there it's a little bit more intricate as far as how the models move because it's more focused a little bit on has some different narrative play options for it there but it really focuses more on the individual models rather than full units of models um but yeah, I'll talk. I'll probably do a whole other kind of podcast over Kill Team itself since I've had some experience playing with both sides there. My personal favorite, I like Big 40K over it, but it's not for everybody. There's things I like in both, that's for sure. But anyway, that is just a whole other option there, so you may hear me talk about Kill Team in the future. That's the big difference of Kill Team and Big 40K. Now, my final part here, and to kind of conclude... I just really want to go into, you know, the biggest part of what you need to play 40k, and it's going to run down to the models that you buy. Now, I mentioned earlier, you know, with open play, match play, and narrative play, you're going to use units, which are essentially just groups of models in a unit, to play out these campaign missions and stories and the rest of those things there. Depending on how you're going to go through and buy 40k, you can buy things pretty cheap, when you can buy them kind of expensive. You know, there's pros and cons to each of them. You can go directly to Games Workshop. If your town happens to have a Warhammer store, like mine does, you can go and buy Warhammer 40K models and boxes and sets, paints and, you know, clippers and all the rest of stuff from them. But just know that you may be paying a little bit more than where else you can buy them. But most of the time you're going to be buying things at MSRP directly from them. If your local gaming store happens to sell Warhammer 40k stuff, they might be selling it already cheaper, but they might also give you a discount as well too. A couple of my LGSs here in town, they were selling things at 15% off uh, of what the marked price was for Warhammer 40k stuff, especially, and marked a little bit down, for the stuff that might be going out of stock or may not be super valid as of right now, but could be used in older versions or even like Kill Team and stuff. So there's still valid models in some form or fashion. Um... But you know, you're going to run into the situation where you're like, okay, well, what do I need to buy to make a unit? And this is again where I would say, hey, look at the data sheets on Battlescribe. Or maybe look at some YouTube videos and everything. Probably the most important thing that comes to 40k is the rule of cool. You've probably heard it talked about in Dungeons & Dragons. It's a little bit different here. Really, you would just want to go with what looks cool. What play style seems kind of cool to you as well, if that's really what's important to you. Um... But really the models that are going to inspire you the most to build them and paint them and continue to pull them out and play with them as well. For myself, getting into it, I I really like the Space Marines. Now the thing is, they're kind of the, the golden child of Games Workshop. They're released in just about every starter set that there is in some form or fashion. Whether or not it's the Ultramarines or it is a different chapter of Space Marines, they are being released with new models, new units, new codexes, and everything every time a new edition comes out, and sometimes even outside of that. 
but there are a ton of other different options for you as well. And if you're buying a starter set or the start collecting sets there, you're going to get the best bang for your buck as far as you're spending maybe more money up front right then and there, but it's going to save you more money in the long run. If you're like, hey, I don't even want to do that here. This is where I'm going to tell you my secret of what, you, what I would recommend as far as what you do buy when it comes to models. I would go through and buy, and bare minimum again, at least one unit of troops or even then at least one half unit of troops if the other half of that unit is fairly accessible the way i say that is for instance i mentioned earlier you can buy a easy to build primaris intercessor box well actually they're kind of going out of stock right now but i'm sure they're gonna have something else similar to that where it comes with three dudes it gives you a data sheet for those three dudes, and then that data sheet says, yep, you can play these guys this way. In match plays games, you cannot play them. They're considered what's known as an understrength unit. Um, a normal, just bare-bone unit of Space Marine Intercessors is four Intercessors and one Intercessor Sergeant. Those easy builds, they come with two Intercessors and an Intercessor Sergeant. So he that unit is considered to be understrength. You can still play with an open play, you can still play with a narrative play, and you can still play with kill team and a few other things as well. But it gets you it gets you a foot in the door. And uh, these guys are also considered what's to be a troops unit. And troops, if you look at Battle Scribe, it you look online for troops choices or you know other options for Warhammer 40k where it says this is what a troop is you're going to want to have one of those because a troops unit is the backbone of your army. Whether or not you're starting small or you're going to keep growing the thing, you're going to need troops to actually lead the way and hold the objectives and the front line for your armies. Yes, it's cool to have a sniper squad, but they're not going to probably be your frontline fighters and they're probably not going to be able to do things. The other reason why I recommend the troops choice is also because most of the time those troops embody what that faction does best. Again, going back to the Intercessors, Space Marines are usually known just as the well-rounded guys that have a little bit of everything else. They're the Jack of Trades, but Master of None. Well, Intercessors are kind of the same way. Yep, they can shoot a little bit farther than standard guys, but they're not the best shots as far as, you know, they don't have the best guns. They have both rifles. They can shoot a little far, shoot a couple times, and they shoot pretty well, but not the best again. They have decent wounds they can take a couple hits they have decent attacks they can make a couple attacks um but again they may not be as tough as some other units they may not be as tough as a plague marine they may not be able to shoot as much as a unit of um infantrymen you know or tau at that point there but they're, they're an option of a troop and it's going to kind of show you what that troop choice does you can go through and buy, you know, Acadian Infantry Unit, and it's going to show you, hey, these guys are actually pretty customizable what they can do. Their one unit can have a heavy weapon in it, can have a special weapon in it, have some normal weapons in it, and have a pretty decent leader in it as well. Boom, you got a lot of choices right there out of them, and it's going to show you the little bit of differences between the two. The Tau, you're going to probably going to have, a, you know, a unit that's going to go through and shoot quite heavy. Orcs, you might have a group of Orc boys that are kind of all-rounded where they can shoot and they can attack but you're going to realize these guys are kind of a horde where they attack most but they can shoot a little bit too on that side so that's where having a troops choice is going to give you that nice well-rounded approach but usually it's going to show you what it is these guys do and what the army is pretty good at doing themselves the next option i would say after you get a troops choice 
is you need an HQ. And HQ is kind of like the leader of your little army. And uh, once you have one troop and one HQ, you now actually have a legal army to use for patrol detachments in combat patrol games for match play. And I, I've been writing a bunch of different like small little articles and stuff off of Tumblr and Reddit and a few other places there. And just been working on just doing a lot of research myself to see, hey, what's the cheapest ways to go through? So in the future, I'm probably going to share like budget list starts for match play games that include at least one HQ unit and one troops unit there. You can go pretty cheap with them. It may take a little bit of kit bashing or converting, which is just where you take different bits and bobs of different boxes and stuff or cut things off or glue things on to make it all kind of show up the way it's supposed to in the game. Um, but yeah, that's where my next step would be is say, hey, get yourself a troops to start off with, then get yourself an HQ so you at least can play the match play missions without any issue because you have somebody that can be your HQ and your warlord and just overall leader for the army. And then from there, it's up to you to decide. Do you want to go with an elite choice, or do you want to go with like a heavy weapons squad at that point? Chances are a heavy weapons squad, they're going to go through, and they're going to be your main killing machines. They may be these snipers that you're looking at. They may be you know, people with grenade launchers or rocket launchers. They could be just guys with heavy plasma you know, that's going to launch at you know, those bigger targets and bigger units. So, you know, check things out on that side there. But then, you know... The big thing with 40k is start small and then kind of go big. If you want to get a start collecting box, if you know that this is the thing that you're going to go for, you are going to save a lot more money down the road. But who knows? You may start off playing Space Marines and say, you know, I just got a chance to play against this other army that was awesome. I love the way that those guys rock. You know, or that might help you determine what sets you want to buy. You know, if you want to buy starts collecting Space Marines, you're going to get a lot of the old Tactical Marines and the you know, a dreadnought and a few other things there. But if you go through and buy the Vanguard detachment, well, now you got Eliminator snipers and you've got, you know, some of the newer intercessors and stuff in there and inceptors and everything. So, you know, that's again, as far as buying models, there's a lot of ways you can go about it. There's budget ways to do it, there's more expensive ways to do it, there's ways that you can buy more, the larger boxes that's going to save you more money in the long run. But the bare minimum of what you need to play, at least open play and narrative. I would highly recommend get at least one troop's choice. If it's under strength, like I mentioned earlier, you've got one box of three dudes that, for intercessors that you can play with. Well, later down the road, you can go and buy another easy-to-build box. you got three more guys. Now you actually have a full squad plus a guy for a full-strength unit. Same thing with the Cadians. If you want to go through and buy the five-man Cadian squad, which is around like 10 bucks. You know, 10 to 15 bucks if you're counting shipping and handling and where you're buying it from. Well, guess what? You got half of a unit there, technically. But you at least can roll some dice and get the game going. So, anyway, if you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, you want to hear more from me, ask me some more questions, maybe want to recommend what I talk about in the next videos, hit me up on Twitter, Facebook, um, Instagram, Reddit, just about anywhere, Tumblr, at the real J Ham. Um, but anyway, this is John signing off the, the J Ham special, and you guys have a great rest of your day. Bye.